you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. The Around the NFL podcast is going to ride till they can't no more. Welcome to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis. I'm joined in a room overflowing with heroes. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, Colleen Wolf, and Greg Rosenthal. What is up, boys and girls? Hey, Dan. I got the horses in the back. <laughs> All right. Get it? It was a callback to the drop. Nailed it. <laughs> Oh man, I think I, I sense all of us are a little bit still in a fog. I can only speak for myself, but I sense it with others here as well. Mm. Uh, still coming off the high slash hangover of the Chris Wessling, Lakeisha Jackson, excuse me, the Mr. and Mrs. Uh, Christopher Wessling, which, by the way, sounds a little sexist. Why, why, why does Lakeisha lose her name in that spot? She, That's where we're starting with this? She, is she, she changing wanted- her name? She was super excited. No, not the last name thing, but oh, when yeah, you say gets- Mr. and Mrs. Chris oh, Westwood. sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, What's you're right. You're yep. right. I mean, it I, seems a little antiquated. She yeah. put on that jean jacket af- at the after party at Huckapoo's with the wedding dress that had Mr. Wesseling and Mr. Wesseling on the back of it. I mean, mm-hmm. whew. it was a great wedding on Tybee Island in Georgia. Um, what? I mean, a lot of fun. We all got in on Friday, and it was basically a 72 hour party and Wes you are now a married man after a beautiful ceremony a lot of tears were shed happy I cried I saw a lot of grown men whose lips were quivering during your uh, during both of the vows they were so so good well I I figure we earned those tears (laughs) we went through a lot together and there was nothing fake or inauthentic about the vows so I think that that's what hit people hard I looked around and any male that was not on the cusp of crying with the quivering lip, just to like human train wreck, human yeah. train wreck, nothing inside. <laughs> train wreck. How could you not be? Yeah, we almost had to carry Greg out of there. I mean, uh, I'll cry at almost at most weddings. So this one, forget about it. I was just with Keisha walking down the aisle because you know, you know that what that moment's like for her. But the vows. Well, you weren't walking down the aisle. Well, just to make clear what you just right. Said. No, okay. yeah, walk, watching her yeah. walk down the aisle. I mean. Wes is a great writer. Yeah, he's known for it. But 
I don't know. That's maybe some of the best. That's maybe the best thing I've ever heard Wes write. And for him being able to deliver that uh, <laughs> through it through his own tears, it, it was a, it was a struggle. It for was Wes. hard because the first couple of minutes it could have gone either way. It could have yeah. been a catastrophe. Your it voice could have been undeliverable mess. It was know? at a different timber, but it, you could yeah. tell how much thought you put into into the words. And shout out to. Uh, were those, were those Keisha's friends or cousins? Uh, it was the cousins. I appreciate the friends. So much. Take your time. Who said, "Take your time, King"? Yeah, there and was just and it calmed everyone down. Calmed everyone. It was down. a cousin and the boyfriend of someone on Lakeisha's family side, and not only did they keep everybody under control during the wedding, because Lakeisha lost her composure for a moment as well, and uh, someone shouted, out, "Take your time, Queen," and then you got to take your time, King. Which yeah, was, that was you know a what? big it, moment for you. I heard it, and yeah. it, it helped. Compose yeah. it myself did. and reel me in, and I was like, "All right, somebody's on my side out there." Yeah, so it was, we're all on your side. It was, everybody else, someone. Like, this sucks. The lone voice. Of Ooh, the cancer guy. <laughs> um, but then you go to the the reception, and I, I don't know if we've talked about this, but I, speaking of right now, everybody's in a haze. The first like twenty thirty minutes, so from because we're wearing suits, it was very hot and humid weekend in in Tybee. And we were on this on this armory, this old building, uh, centuries old building, and the sun beating down after the service, and you know an emotional service after going through the photos. When you finally got back to your chair, you kind of felt like a little spent physically, and it took the help of um, my friend Jack Daniels and uh, <laughs> Mr. Morgan and uh, not Tito's, but they had John Absolute there. To get to get me back to life because it was a hot weekend in those suits and um, then the hype men. This is the other people that stepped up in the reception. The same guys that the Queen and King guys. They were on the dance floor with like the R. Kelly towel, like, and they were dancing around, getting everybody hyped up. And then Lakeisha did her drunken love by Beyonce. Oh my God, that was so good. Grind on West, <laughs> which was one of my favorite, if not my favorite wedding moment of all time, Ever. period. Yeah, well, it's it's a weird situation. Well, first of all, Joe and Fred are their names. They're great guys. Joe and Fred, perfect. Uh, Who had the friends. cigar all night that wasn't smoking <laughs> I and think he it just had Fred. it as a prop. <laughs> Those guys were great. And they actually helped me with my dancing to the point where they were moving my limbs for me. Because, <laughs> uh, Keisha is one of the best dancers I've ever seen. She yes, danced she in college, and I have no, you know, I have, I've never heard a beat or a rhythm in my life. It's a you had at one moment on the dance floor, more than a moment, where they were helping there. He was helping you directly with Lakeisha. When I had my arms right. behind my head, that yeah. was. I was looking at saying, I could never do what he's doing right now. Good job by Wes. They were actually moving. Uh, Fred and Joe, Joe were actually moving head uh, Wes's head. Like and the arms and the legs. They were breakout stars of the Wait, was of this the during the, yeah. the chariot? Not during the chariot. I remember Dan was, at chair the dance was different. Dan at the, the time was dance. delighted. Just he wanted to see like you didn't know what to do with your hands during that. Yeah. Oh, I have. I mean, I've never been in that situation. Yeah. It was before. it How was amazing. I have about like ten seconds of it on on Instagram because, but I think I think everyone had to take their phones. No, out. I was like a kicker thinking about the kick with the game on the line. I wasn't doing what came naturally. <laughs> I thought two other quick breakout stars were the uh, the bartender and I don't know if it's his wife or who it is. They've the, been married 61 years. Yeah, wow. they, they were both born in the early uh, 1900s and were high-octane <laughs> servers of drink. Uh, her, name, but, her name, by the way, it was Billy and Ruth, but uh, Ruth said everybody calls her grandma, which is oh, very, uh, a very Tybee vibe. I told Wes at Huckapoo's after the reception that I understand Wes even more now after going to Tybee and seeing 
um, the vibe of the island and the people and why you fit in so well there because it is a, a really fun place. Hakapoos was everything that I dreamed it would be. Like and- more than it. it. It was so awesome. It was like it was my one of my favorite places with the Christmas lights inside and then your name on the ceiling and yep. everybody there. It was so fun. Now, everything's just a little bit off center on the island. Everything's just a little bit quirky and Huckapoo's is the quirkiest place I've ever been. And it's exactly how I imagined it to be. Like <laughs> right. when, before, but I had been hearing about Huckapoo's for years and we had called it on the show many times. And when I walked in, I was like, yes, this is exactly how my brain had processed what this place would look like. Uh, right down to the couches in front of the TV, and oh, it must be meaning it delivered. Like it was, it lived up no, to the. No, the in my pre- mind, I hated it. So I. <laughs> no, you did not have fun. Yeah. I thought it was terrible. But right down to the couches in front of the TVs, and the fact there that are some just, stories about those couches I could tell off the air. Oh, oh sure. No. Do, they, do they need to be replaced desperately? Is that what you're saying? I wouldn't get too comfortable with them. <laughs> uh, Dan also gets great. MVP for Friday night for ordering a pizza early on in the oh, night man. and then running it back to the house and then coming back to the bar. So then when mm. we all came home hungry at whatever time, yes. there was pizza that was already there. Our house, that is up. a better move. Our I house know. was uh, a three-minute walk away, and it was a great house um, where Colleen, uh, Ricky Hollywood, uh, Ricky's uh, friend, um, who else was there? Uh, Tiffany Blackman. Tiffany Blackman. Uh, Mark, Simone, my wife. Cedric? Kate. The name slipped me for a second, but it came back. Um, and uh, the fact that we were so close to Huckapoo's, that made it great, too. And there were a lot of good times in the house as well, including late Saturday night where Mark, <laughs> Mark had a good time Saturday night. And um, he had disappeared behind his bedroom door. And we're like, oh, did we well, lose I, Mark? It was called sleeping, but yeah. <laughs> did we lose Mark? You couldn't have been in too deep asleep. And I say, I know how to get him out. And I, I took the speaker, the the, uh, the Bluetooth speaker, <laughs> and put it right up against the wall and blasted. There was only one song I knew would wake Mark up, Karma Chameleon by Culture <laughs> Club. And I, I, I think this is on video. I kid you not. Mark was up and bounding down the hallway within five seconds. Well, you, know, I w- you say I was so not in too deep of sleep until you also were kicking the door while I blasting Boy George. So it's like I have one option because this is going to continue until I emerge. So yeah, I did. You know, we've been through this before, Dan. That's true. That all checks out. I also discovered Lay's crispy taco flavored potato oh, chips. Oh my nice God. I had no idea that was a thing. They did a nice job with that. Mm-hmm. What was it like from uh, your experience, your vantage point, Wes, sort of having all of your life show up on this island that had sort of been yours, but now it's like Keisha's family, your family, you know, all your brothers, everything. Well, the first couple of days, you're nervous because you want to make sure people are having a good time. You want to make sure they like this island that you love so much you want to make sure that they're all getting the love and the attention you know you bring people from afar and we didn't have any choice but to have a destination wedding because she's from st louis i'm from cincinnati we work in los angeles but there's some kind of like conscientious responsibility that goes with making sure everybody has a a good time when you take them from one coast and bring them to another um but i think right around friday and saturday we had been in a day or two by then, and I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to have fun. Let it go. Enjoy it and see what happens. And and I could tell as the week weekend was going along that everybody was having a good time, and I had nothing to worry about. Hard not to there. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's built so everyone has a good time. It's and a- then, you know, I, I want to thank Rosie and Wayne, my, my dear friends, who are happy to host whenever I come in town, and they just make everybody feel so welcomed anyway. 
Yeah, Laney's, nice. Laney's Tavern bar. is their garage Woo. bar where, where a lot of garage goals, a lot of cornhole yeah. is played. They've got, I mean, it's a nicer bar than any bar on the island, basically. It's in their <laughs> yeah. garage. We should tie up that loose end of the, the cornhole battle. Nick Wessling uh, did a lot of chirping. I was expecting a dominant performance. And he did defeat me in what essentially was my warm-up game. I call it my calibration game. <laughs> Your uh, calibration. And then when the real action started two-on-two, um, I outpointed him, but my teammate, you know, S the bed, we lost. Then Nick collapsed. Not me, West. I want to point out. Yeah, not, not good. I was not available. Then Wes beat Nick in a 18-17 shootout uh, with the score 18-17, won that game. And then, of course, Greg, late night, Huckapoos the, after the, the wedding. The reality is the final game, the final cornhole game played, Dan and I took care of business and uh, – beat Nick and Tiffany Blackman. Mm. And you can say, oh, okay, is Tiffany Blackman like a newcomer? Uh, no, like, it was, it, it was a tough board to put put the cornhole. We were all fairly even on, on at that moment, and Dan outpointed Nick for sure by a few, and I pointed Well, I Tiffany. think you properly undersold the one-on-one matchup between <laughs> you and Nick Wesley. Which, you know, the result is out there I on mean, Twitter if you want to search for it. Anybody that knows how cornhole works, you need to if, have a, some warm-up and get into the flow right. things. That was my first game of the whole weekend. Nick had thrown 47 games, I believe, the day before. But if he wants to take that as his win, and he probably will, that's <laughs> that's it. fine. But they, had, yeah, but right. on the final game, they I think they had a 15 to 10 lead, and we just ran 11 straight to say bye. There's another way that cornhole works. Good you night. talk about the times when you played well, not the times you. you, <laughs> <where> you <got laughs> All right. So great. Um, it was a great time, a memorable time, a weekend that will not be forgotten. Perfect wedding weekend. I feel like we'll be talking like we'll more thing. We're going to be talking about this wedding for the rest. Oh, of There's so many things for this so podcast many history. So many things I learned when I came in had happened that I don't even know happened right. because I'm off in a different. That's direction. how weddings work. Yeah. When you're in, when you're getting married, this whole other ecosystem is around you that you're not even aware of. Mm. On the plane ride, and it was a long ride connecting through Minneapolis back to L.A. and my phone and Emily's phone was just blowing up the entire time with photos and videos that <laughs> some have no memory of them ever happening. And I'm still co- going through those. It was a great weekend. And you and Ricky are the side MVPs for rescheduling our show from yesterday to today. <laughs> yes. I don't think that would have that. worked on any level. No, we, wouldn't had, we wouldn't have had Wes, which was Definitely a, not. a big loss. Yeah. Gotta need him. That kind of worked out. It was a happy accident. Um, all right. Let's get into the NFL picture and if you're complaining too much oh you're talking too much about the winning you're an idiot you're a fool oh if anything we're not talking enough i think they want to they want a whole show well we'll, this will be it'll be maybe we'll save it for the wedding podcast that is just a 55 minute deep dive on all things (laughs) tidy weekend uh but uh let's get to the rest of the world of the nfl and to do that it's going to be a supersized edition of news Uh, it wasn't the the guy that got burned up and I'm disappointed in every person who would actually say that was me, because if you watch that person run, they're a total non-athlete. Total non-athlete. That's a great point. I thought that. I was like, I was like, why is he running like a weirdo? I call, I, I call BS. We talked about this. That was Aaron Rodgers talking about his Game of Thrones cameo, and there was um, all over the internet. Everybody thought there was this image of a guy running. Uh, down uh, what looked like some type of overhang to get away from Dragonfire, and then he gets lit up and presumably killed this character. Everyone thought it was Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers says it's not him. 
I say it is him because what I was talking about last week, this gift that was going to live on forever every time Aaron Rodgers struggled and Khalil Mack had three sacks of Aaron Rodgers in the first half. Bang, throw up the gif of Aaron Rodgers being lit on fire. Here's the look of Aaron Rodgers running through from his offensive line and the the Bears pass. No, what he's doing is that wasn't me. You can't use that gif of me. I don't buy it. Nailed it. Yeah. I don't buy it. But he, but that this person truly was running like a person who has never run in his life. <laughs> yes, <before>. Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> He's like an amazing I, athlete and a runner. I love the show. I still have no idea where he was in. It sounds he's like, in a I lineup know. of soldiers. Yeah, That's, they, that they, is the actual they report, photo of him. The reporters uh. kept asking questions, and then some. Some one of them said, "Was that you near the tower or whatever?" And then he was just kind of like. You know, he didn't answer, but that it was clearly. The but one. to Dan's that point, was, it, was, it was just to, like in a lineup of. Soldiers. To clarify definitively that it's not him prevents him months and years and decades of that happening. So I like to that strategy. A situation that he did not foresee that that could be worked used against mm-hmm. him. So now he's proactively That's trying. Right. I think to take, you've cracked the case. I'm still going <laughs> to use the gift, by the way. <laughs> he can't stop me from doing it. Um, all right, let's get into the news, and there's so much because. Uh, we put up a show Wednesday afternoon last week, and this is our first show since then. I can't remember the last time we went this long without an episode. So we have, and obviously there was a very good reason for it, um, we have so much to get to. And let's start with uh, the release of one of the best defensive players uh, of the decade, Gerald McCoy, uh, has been cut loose by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers after nine seasons with the club. Uh, that te- The team announced it on Tuesday, 31 years old, that had three years remaining on his contract. Was owed thir- uh, thirteen million in 2019, but uh, he was released, and Tampa Bay was able to wipe his entire salary away from the cap. Um, Jason Lick, the Bucks' general manager, Greg said that this was a very difficult uh, decision, personally and professionally. Uh, but obviously, with Bruce Arians on and McCoy, maybe not the same guy he was three or four years ago. The decision was made for a clean slate on the defensive line. I'm surprised more teams don't do moves like this where they see a guy out there in in Dominican Sue uh, that they're going to sign to replace Gerald McCoy. And I think McCoy would have stayed on the roster if Sue wasn't out there. And they basically say, this guy's a better fit for what our new defense wants to do. He's maybe going to be a little less money. And so it stinks for McCoy, who is still playing at a pretty high level, had a ton of hurries, a ton of hits. Uh, a year ago, like is a, a very much an above average starting defensive tackle. And even though he's... You know, for Bucks fans, it's sort of sad. I mean, McCoy's a good player, but you don't want – he is the best player that the franchise has had over the last decade pretty easily. Uh, and so – and he's very beloved in the community and all of that. So it's a sad way to say goodbye, but I think they're just getting a guy that fits. It's still a somewhat inglorious end, though, because it was like following weeks of Bruce Arians kind of talking him down to some degree. His name was whispered as a trade candidate. No one obviously wanted to pay that salary – and then you're replaced by the guy that came a pick before you in the 2010 draft. But it's a guy in Sue that, I mean, they're just different players. They're looking for like a run stopper in the middle of their of their line. And that's what, you know, they want to do. And, and it works out fine. great for Todd Bowles because Todd Bowles tried to get him when he was with the Jets. And now he actually does land him uh, and Dominican Sue here. I'm not seeing any uh, money on Sue. He signed for a $14 million deal with the Rams, a one-year deal last year. Obviously, he's not sniffing that. Otherwise, why would Tampa Bay pay more for Sue than they were for McCoy, who was due 13? I wonder, after what was kind of a scarce market, a very quiet market for Sue, despite him ending last season strong, what he ended up getting. 
Uh, why was the market so scarce? It was around nine million and up to ten million was what okay. um Ian said. But around and up to sounds like it's probably more like seven and a half, eight. So they're paying a lot less money than they would have to McCoy and, and a lot less money than Sue had. Well and one and Sue who obviously was with the Dolphins previously, they mentioned the lingering always a, a favorable perk for these players, the no state tax in Florida. Oh. The anti perk is you're now wearing a Bucks uh, uniform, oh. which is an eyesore at best. <laughs> it's interesting, those two guys. I didn't even think about that. They were taking one spot apart in the draft. And they kind of have very similar future Hall of Fame resumes, which I think people aren't going to think of Gerald McCoy as a potential Hall of Famer. I think Sue has a, has a pretty good chance, but they've had very similar careers. I'm look, I don't know where McCoy's going, though. Browns and Colts have been mentioned. Colts are interesting because he's, you know, he was drafted to play in a Tampa 2 scheme. Right. And Matt Eberflus runs about the closest thing to a Tampa 2 scheme there is in the NFL. I, I think he'd be a great fit there. Sort of like that Justin Houston signing. You take a guy toward the end of his career who can still play and want to have a chance to win. And on um, social media, Gerald McCoy today uh, said that he still loves the Bucks. He's going to return to the Bucks one day. He'll retire as a Buck. So despite things seeming a little bit off with Bruce Arians once he arrived and things ending abruptly, um, McCoy appears to see it as just, you know, it's part of the business. Uh, ooh, part of the business in the NFL, you got to keep your nose clean. Patrick Peterson, unable to do it. The cornerback uh, uh, is suspended six games to open the 2019 season for violating the NFL's performance-enhancing drug policy. The league announced Thursday. So when I said keep your nose clean, I don't want, Mark, I know immediately you're thinking booger sugar. No. This is nothing to do with <laughs> substance abuse. Thank of that you kind. for clarifying that. And I don't want anyone to think I'm saying Patrick Peterson had that issue. Right. This was a PED ban. Um, it is um, a suspension that will keep him out until week seven against the Giants. And it will be the first games that Peterson will miss in his nine-year career. So, um, Colleen, this is a, a big setback, obviously, for the Cardinals. This is their, their best player. Um, and also for Peterson, who's had a rough go of it. He's upset with the with the Cardinals. He wasn't practicing with the team, and now he's not going to be playing right. until October. And baseline is four games, but it's six because they found the masking agent as well with it. Ooh. So bang twice there. But for the Cardinals, <laughs> they were supposed to the, – the defense was supposed to be like the one thing that they could sort of hang their hat on. Everything else is sort of a work in progress with them. You don't know. You have obviously first-year head coach, first-year quarterback, a lot of different moving parts on the um, – on the offense. So the defense was supposed to be, you know, their thing. And without Patrick Peterson, that's their best guy on defense. There's a lot more questions now about the entire team. Yeah. It makes you wonder if that's why they took a corner back in the second round, Byron Murray, right. who's going to have they to had play to right away. Well, yeah. Cause Peterson had some weird social media stuff earlier where it seemed like he was mad at the team. That's and right. my thought was, there's some, you know, now looking back, that probably had to do with him getting the notification or and or he wasn't happy with the team's reaction to him getting that notification because this process usually well, takes months. There is like an interesting fold to this. Like they, Dan Bickley, who's from 98.7 in Arizona, reported that Peterson has type 2 diabetes and took this as a counter because he was feeling sluggish like he did a couple of years ago from that condition. And then the banned substance was involved in whatever he took to deal with the diabetes, and that's where the appeal came from. So I, it's, it's, a, it's a that's a more compelling retort than some players seem to have for their ups and downs with this PED business. You know, when I, when I put together like did their starting lineup for the projected start, I looked at, I was like, well, you know, the Cardinals they're kind of 
spicy. Like, they're not that bad a, a roster. If Kingsbury delivers at all on offense, they were an average defense a year ago, and I think I kind of like the moves that they made on defense this offseason. They added Terrell Suggs. Robert Gordon Alfred Hicks. was cheap, but Buda Baker's getting better. Swearinger was a good pickup late last year. Uh, you have Chandler Jones. You have Jordan Hicks. It's like, I don't, Darius Phelan was a guy I kind of always liked with the Chargers. It's like I just looked at that and was like, "There's, you know, Vance Joseph's their coordinator. I don't know about him if he's going to get them together." But you got that. You got a little Kingsbury, and I'm thinking, like, is it that crazy to think this team wins seven or eight games? I don't know. It's one way to view it. Another one is, <laughs> do you really want your defense to feature three over thirty guys cut by the Falcons this offseason? <laughs> All right. <laughs> Who else? Alfred. He's back Touché. from the wedding, and he's hot. Brooks Reed, Terrell McLean. <laughs> All right. Well, those guys are back. You know, those guys might not even make the card. I mean, Terrell Suggs will be 37. <laughs> the, all, all these guys are on the wrong side of 30. Wes is saying six and ten. Six yes. and ten is a huge improvement. I think six. They and, were one they of the, do well to be six. They and were 10. quietly one of the worst three and thirteen teams of all time. Like they could have easily been a one or zero win team. That's how bad the the Cardinals were. Uh, terrible setback for Reuben Foster, the troubled linebacker who had all his off-the-field domestic violence issues, led to his release by the Niners, and he was claimed by the Redskins. Uh, well, probably not going to see him on the field in 2019. The linebacker is believed to have suffered a torn ACL on his left knee, uh, plus additional damage, a rap sheet reported on Monday, and it was actually later confirmed it was an ACL tear, and there was worried that it was some other major potential complications uh, with the knee injury. So it's, it's, a, it's a terrible injury for Foster. It happened... Uh, during the first day of Redskins OTAs on Monday, he was pushed to the ground, had to be taken off the field on an air cast. He was crying and, you know, pounding the turf. Always all those terrible signifiers when you know a guy is aware that his body is, you know, betrayed him in a bad way. So Foster and the Redskins in year one, probably not going to see it happen. That's a big loss, even though he's never even played for them. And when you have him on the team, I don't think you can count on him being a 16-game guy even – before the injury, but now they have to go with one of the three-name guys on their backups, Josh Harvey Clemens or Sean Dion Hamilton. And they're concerned that the the additional damage potentially is artery-related, which is the same thing that ended Zach Miller's career. Not that it's that serious, but it is a major injury. And he's had major injuries before. And you don't want to get too... um too much on your high horse here, but on this podcast, when the Redskins signed him so quickly after his domestic violence, uh, it was like three days. We all raised the question: What is the rush here? Why do you need to do something like this uh, so quickly before you know everything comes out and and the league decides what they want to do? And you know, if you were into uh, bad voodoo or or anything like that, karma, it's like. Well, I don't know. The Redskins didn't get anything out of this. They took a huge risk. They got crushed for it. And now he's not going to play until at least 2020. Let's check in uh, with my beloved and failing New York Jets, uh, who the last time we spoke on this show. (laughs) In New York City. (laughs) That should have been the reception playlist. By the way, how do I follow that playlist? Oh, I can. Is that on Spotify? Oh, it yeah. is on Spotify. Great news. It was fire. It was so, so, so good. I tried to get um, a back-to-back 
Enya offering. You Remember told that? Me <laughs> I spent like 15 minutes with the DJ, and to, to, you my man a good pa- DJ. My man Paxton, who is, who is great. Yeah. He would not bend. I said he I had to go through Lakeisha and like five Lakeisha <laughs> bridesmaids. And yeah. to, to, and no. Not Having happy. gone to you know many weddings and high school dances, one of the most important things a DJ has to do, especially a wedding DJ, because and Wes is a lover of music, as is Lakeisha, and I was the same way. When you are curating a playlist for a wedding, you put a lot of thought into it. You have months and months to get it going. And then you got some drunken jabronis on Chardonnay. Not you necessarily, but in this case, yes. <laughs> I mean, this is a long-standing hit of this podcast. That's a specifically, yeah. Yeah, that's but Mark. but um, a lot of you know whether it's women or, or men going up to the DJ saying, "Play this, play that." Well, you got to respect the 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 husband and wife that they really want the playlist to go off how they imagined it to be. So shout out to Paxton for. Doing the move where you just go, oh, yeah, definitely. I got you. I got you. And then never playing it. Well, I, if I remember correctly, I included at least three Sessler-specific songs on the playlist. I oh, did was hear one of those Tatiana? No. <laughs> yeah, that was great. Toto, uh, when I don't Af- even know what when that is. Toto, when Africa came on, I definitely that feels mm-hmm. like a Sessler song. I was waiting for Winwood. That, that oh, was Winwood good. was on my list. He, we might have just run out of time. Mm, that mm. happens. That's the other thing that happens. Sure, it, a little bit of a – I mean, another way to read your comments would be – yeah, it's short-sighted to leave Enya off the mix. Mm-hmm. I wasn't going to say it. It's Again, it's his wedding. See, <laughs> I made it. I think I, made the decision. I, I included Call on Me. I don't that was know a that great one. Played. Um, that was for you specifically. That would have been... Uh, Wes, you did. A, you don't need to... Hat, no apologies <laughs> or Mark, deeply here. disappointed in the reception. <laughs> no, it was... You got us dancing. I put Len on there. Steal my son. <laughs> I don't know if that... I did not hear that. All right, so last time we were on the show, the Jets had just shockingly fired their general manager. So let's get an update on that. We've heard, of course, uh, that the Jets have been connected uh, with Joe Douglas, the Eagles front office executive. Um, Daniel Jeremiah moved the sticks, has been connected. Peyton Manning's name got floated into the mix. And now this this is a bit of a strange report. It came from Manish Mehta of the Daily News that Peter Schrager, who is a, of course, sideline reporter, for Fox, but also uh, one of the you know main personalities on Good Morning Football here on NFL Network, that he is uh, involved somehow uh, with um, the search for the GM. Schrager-bomb. And uh, Meta wrote in the Daily News that Schrager has been mentioned as a potential resource in internal discussions, according to a team source. The feeling is that the Jets believe they could turn to Schrager for opinions, suggestions, and or intel on quality candidates if they needed help. Brian Costello of the New York Post also reports that a Jets source <laughs> said that while the team respects Peter Schrager, uh, the only conversations the team has had with the broadcaster are about him working on their preseason telecasts. And this is where I'll say before I throw it to you, it doesn't matter what the story is, what this wonderful NFL media, all they need is the bit here, which is the Jets are so lost that they're turning to the good morning football guy. Everybody have their jokes. Now I'll let you turn it to you guys to have <laughs> your jokes. Doesn't matter what the truth is, but that's the funny story. Go ahead. Have your fun. You're so salty about this. <laughs> wow. Well, I mean, they went to Charlie Casserly, an ex-GM, obviously, but also a media man at this point for their last GM. He was officially a consultant. Absolutely. Choosing his guy, Mike McCagnan. Right. Go they, to Peter Schrager next. We aren't that far away from you. So you can't be, Dan, you can't <laughs> well, be that upset about I this. like to try to drill down. What, what is exactly happening here? Because, okay, Christopher Johnson and Schrager are close friends, friends, according to Manish Mehta. 
Which is interesting in of itself. That's interesting, Go too. On. And probably annoying to Schrager that this is getting out there. So when I think about, like, what what is happening here? Manish, who is reporting this, knows this is vaguely em- embarrassing uh, to the Jets. Uh, that he's putting it out there that they're talking to Schrager. I, I, once I had a second to thought, think about it, it's like, this happens all the time. Why do you think sources talk to these insiders? Lots of owners and general managers and front offices are talking to Ian Rappaport and Adam Schefter and Peter Schrager about their either information it's more about information. They know things about all these different candidates and also their opinions. And they're one of the they're one of the people that might be a sounding board. I'm not saying they're making any decisions, but they're in the information gathering stage. So if Schragbaum happens to be close friends, uh, according to Meta, it's not that shocking to me. The more interesting thing is actually that it's getting put out there almost in a way to, to embarrass the Jets. Did you because per- did I, you- Purposely leave Mike Garofolo off your little list of people. No. Little list. <laughs> Mike G is definitely getting in the mix, but he's so smart, he's just under the radar. There's a mountain of difference between doing your due diligence, right. getting as much information as possible, and letting the morning co-host of Good Morning Football actually make your GM decision for you. And we're not hearing that he's actually making the call for who they're going to hire. His assistants and prospective candidates. I mean, it's not that crazy because, you know, who knows more about GM candidates than just about anyone is Ian and Adam Schefter and Peter Schrager. And right. Guys, cause the other they, flip side of what they do is they can go to a list of candidates, get a soft kind of response to how they feel about maybe looking at the Jets and saying, absolutely not, not happy with where I am. We already know of a number of coaching candidates that have told Ian in the past, I'm not interested in doing this or taking this step yet. And then you can prevent it from becoming public where the Jets go through a laundry list of people that aren't interested. I mean, it is. Yeah, it is funny. The, the one thing I think following these types of processes that if I, you're on the outside, you think these owners or even sometimes it's a, it's a coach or whatever, like that they're so smart that they know anything more than you. They don't know the candidates. They know less. Like, they don't know who the good GM candidates are. So this guy, so Chris Johnson's in this spot where, all right, do I just listen to what Adam Gase is telling me? Or, because how the hell else do I know? They don't know any more than you guys that are listening to this podcast. They really don't. They have an entire so they need to have system a sort within of- the building. It's not just a, a vacuum, just Adam Gase or nothing for Chris Johnson. But I know, I see your point. At this I point, agree. it sort of is, though. Who's their front office? I think, again, a lot of assumptions. And yes, the Jets fan of me is stepping mm-hmm. in here a little bit, too. There are a lot of assumptions about what's going on inside the Jets building. And the assumption is it's as terrible as possible because that's the fun story to talk about in our business. I'm used to it, but there's. I don't be- think that's happened that much with this story, has it? We're not. I was gonna say for the very casual fan out there, Peter Schrager looks like the man. <laughs> like for people who are not it's, like, I think it's a good look for Peter. Yeah. you might you might be right about him not wanting to know about potential friendships with an owner of sure. a team and all that, but he is a respected guy. He's he's had a great career, Peter. So, you know, we'll see. And I, there is no rush, by the way, to hire a GM. Now, if they hired Schrager to be the GM, then <laughs> right. that's, totally that's different. I mean, I love I love you, Schrager, Bob, yeah. you know, but <laughs> that would be a problem. Uh, other Jets news, uh, the first move by interim GM Adam Gase was to get rid of another one of uh, Mike McCagnin's draft picks. Jar- uh, the linebacker Darren Lee uh, was traded to the Chiefs last week in exchange for a 2020 sixth-round pick. Rap Sheet reported this uh, late Wednesday night. Um, Lee had 
lost his starting job when C.J. Mosley was signed, never really seemed to find his footing, but also a guy with some upside uh, still, despite being a disappointing first-round pick, maybe the Chiefs can get some value out of him. I think that's a good fit. When I looked at the Chiefs linebackers, they seemed more suited to inside linebacker for a 3-4 where they were thumpers, and I think Lee offers some more athleticism. Not a bad. And it should be added that he suspended the first four games right? Um, for violating the substance abuse policy. The fact that he did um, that Gase traded him the day that they fired McKagan it was kind of yeah. I mean, a not-so-subtle I mean, power move. Not at all. To and it. to me, a little bit of a, a signal to whoever's coming in, like, who's the boss here? I'm the boss. I'm not saying he's sending that message, but, like, that's the message that any GM candidate should be receiving is, like, Adam Gase is the boss. He's off making trades on his own before anyone even gets there. That Does not like make that an attractive landing spot. Not for everyone. Not for everyone. It feels like it was a move that was being held up by McCagnan. Right. They, were appara- the they apparently was, was like a round difference. Well, because it's his first round. I, it, you can look at the lack of pass rush as a clear reason that Mike McCagnan is not there anymore. And Darren Lee was the figure of that, you know, the face of that nonsense. Uh, Julian Edelman and the Patriots do some business. Um, a two-year deal um, worth $18 million, $12 million guaranteed, also an $8 million signing bonus. Um, so the Patriots, who have a lot to wor- of work to do, of course, uh, on the offensive side of the ball with the Gronk's retirement. Well, Edelman have, has been, uh, since about 2013, one of the most important players on the Patriots, and despite his advanced age, he has showed an ability to just get open and uh, the Patriots believe he'll be able to do that for another couple of years. He's earned it. He's one of those guys. He came in as a project who was kind of like a trick player, learning a new position. And then I think his first shot at free agency, nobody would pay him because he, he was coming off several injured seasons. He was going to join the Giants and change his mind at the last second. And he didn't get he didn't get much from the Patriots compared to what you would think he would get. And I think that's where it starts with a lot of these players who are drafted late in the draft or undrafted free agents, it's hard to ever get that huge payday. This is one of the only times you'll ever see in Patriots that's ever happened in Patriots history that they just gave money to someone because they deserved it. Because they could have – he still had another year on his contract. That's normally what they do. They've done it a couple times. They kind of gave Welker a little extra at the end. It's kind of like, hey, you just had uh, 380 yards in the playoffs for us, one of the great receiver runs of all time. Uh, we're going to give you a little extra money. Well, and they get away with They almost never do something sentimental. They've done it like a couple times because Edelman was so underpaid. It's not overly sentimental, though, in the sense that $9 million per year puts them right in line with John Brown, Quincy Inunua, and an aging Deshaun Jackson. It's been a little bit more valuable than those figures. Right. Edelman turns 33 today. Oh, my God. Happy birthday. Erica, anything you want to say on Julian Edelman's 33rd birthday? Yeah, just happy birthday. Love you. Thanks for the shirts. Yeah, thanks for the shirts. I mean, shirt. as he moved It's a nice ahead, shirt, actually. Nice fit. With yeah, everything that's soft. happened with Fit him. well in my garbage can. <laughs> I love it sleeping in that Edelman shirt. I just Gross. feel like the, the championships <laughs> vibe. Ah! Uh, do you, has he moved ahead of Dan, Danny Amendola to you just on the kind of your – in your heart. No. Uh, heart ranking? No. Okay. Because no. Danny's had some rough moments. Yeah, he has. Uh, maybe, you know, Yeesh. good looking guy, maybe not like a good guy. You know, these some, <laughs> wow. some personality traits that Ooh. have been exposed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Julian Edelman, we, despite, you know, I don't know anything about Julian Edelman. He's he, a great father. He keeps his business kind of to himself. Yeah. He's a great father. 
Not a PED man, <laughs> but you know that happens in this in this league. Come on, he's a great father according to his own Instagram account. <laughs> like, like everyone's, like Instagram everyone's account. Instagram account. Please. Uh, moving on, Dallas Cowboys star running back Ezekiel Elliott was handcuffed. It's like by no one police. puts a post up. It's like didn't pick up my kid from school today. Well, all I just, be a weird thing I just didn't even want to. Here's a picture of me like drinking a beer. Didn't want to. All great fathers <laughs> through history announced That's it. That's my next be bothered. <laughs> so much going on in I'm my sorry. dad world, minus my kids. Handcuffed by police, but not arrested after a scuffle involving event staff at a Las Vegas music festival. Uh, the 23-year-old running back det- detained briefly early Saturday during the Electric Daisy Carnival. Hmm. Have you been to that one, County? You I, do travel a lot. I've missed that somehow. At the Vegas. La- at the Las Vegas Motor Speedway, a cell phone video posted by TMZ appeared to show Elliot speaking with a woman and then with several security and event staff members, including one who falls backwards over a metal parking area barricade. Yikes. And Zeke appeared to kind of get in that guy's face, and the guy fell. Not arrested, but I, you know, I, you know come on, Zeke. Some of the stuff with him in the offseason would make me nervous, especially a guy that's trying to get paid. Trying to get paid. Yeah, you can't be doing that. Also, you can't be wearing a fanny pack and a LeBron uh, James Lakers jersey while doing it. I mean, it, there's just so many bad <laughs> that's, that's things. A great call. Of, that's I mean, a great the, call. The TMZ. I don't know what's worse. It's bad. It's bad yeah. all around. The article makes it clear the guy did not press charges, and they were – they were holding him around for the guy too, and he decided not to. And like that changed his interaction with the guy is pretty minor. You see right. the whole thing. He right. gives him a little forearm, um, but the guy falls back. The bigger thing is it was it, very electric Daisy Carnival esque. Yes. it was. But that's it, the first thing I. Thought. It's a different era, and this is a guy who's been suspended for domestic violence and fought against that. And the Cowboys quickly came out after this and said, "We know what is in Zeke's heart. We know he's a good guy." And uh, it's just a different time, 2019, that you can have videos on you because it's uncomfortable watching the video. He gets in his his reported girlfriend's way from walking, where she has to kind of turn around because he's like, you know, it's just be doing that. Yeah, it's uh, TMZ is everywhere. It's everywhere, and and you can't get you know you can't get away with that. Um. Whoa. Hey, <laughs> we're very casual. Yeah, very on comfortable show on the show. That's a little tabby time. That's Uh-oh. what we bring here to the show. <laughs> I mean, I'm tabby. Four guys in the car. I was driving a bad golf- boy. I drive. I drove a golf cart back and forth from uh, Wayne's house to uh, to my room and back. And that's time. I picked. I oh. wish actually we had a picture of that. I I picked Mark up in his tuxedo. In the golf cart, and then we went over to meet. I wish someone had. I would say outside. Mark in a tuxedo on the side of the outside with Greg and I, you know, jogging past Anderson Cooper. That had to be the second most, you know, intimate bonding moment (laughs) that Greg and I have had. I didn't know that you had a golf cart. I got stuck on some dirt road that was closed and got. I borrowed. I borrowed Wayne's. They let me use it for that one because we didn't want to walk over all sweaty in the tuxes and stuff. There was a lot of dirt roads on Tybee. The the first night at at the house, uh, I went to. Pick something up, and Colleen's like, oh, yeah, I'm ready to go to Tybee, too. I was like, okay, okay let's go for a walk. Huckapoo. I said, I know, or, yeah, sorry, Huckapoo's. I said, I know a little shortcut from the house that will put us right in front of Huckapoo's, essentially. I walked and had no problem, but then when I brought Colleen, all of a sudden, you know, there's like a bunch of... There was like thorns. Thorns and stuff, and Colleen got It was like a, a barbed while. wire fence, and, and Dan had jeans and sneakers on, and well, I, I got, had shorts and sandals. I got yeah, those thorns. I ruined I the nice Converse sneakers that Wes got with one trip to Huckapoo's and then <laughs> walk back. It's like now there's, there's all sorts no, of No, just throw them in the washer with bleach, them. and you'll be fine. Take the toothbrush to them. <laughs> Happy trails, Chris Long. The defensive end is calling it a career. Two-time Super Bowl champion. In fact, he won Super Bowls 
in each of his final two seasons, first with Philadelphia, then with New England. He announced via Twitter on Saturday that he is calling it quits. Cheers, he wrote. He had the, held up a solo cup, uh, which shows an everyman vibe that you know we can all get behind. The 33-year-old long ends on a high note after receiving the 2018 Walter Payton NFL Man of the Year Damn. award this past February, um, and he had a really nice career. Finished with 70 sacks, 15 forced fumbles in 11 seasons. Played a lot, 162 out of 176 games. His teams went 7-1 and one in the postseason. He spent the first eight years of his career with the St. Louis Rams, who took him second overall in the 2008 NFL Draft out of Virginia. Uh, and, yes, he'll be remembered as much for his playing as for his off-the-field activities. He was uh, very outspoken on uh, issues uh, facing this country. Um, and um, that is – he's like an A-plus dude. Everyone that's ever come in contact or talked about or wrote about uh, Chris Long says only great things about him. I knew this was coming, but it still made me upset when I heard about it. And I, I wanted to talk about it when it happened. Um, we were all sitting around the fire pit. Oh, right. And, yeah. And um, it's just – he was one of the most honest players, too. He called Philadelphia the best sports city in America. Oh, and he, he watched that a little bit. But and listen, well. he knows what he's talking about. I trust everything he says. <laughs> Thank <laughs> Howie and Diane Long have raised some interesting, selfless, thoughtful sons. And and Chris Long is up there with, you know, at the top. What he's done in Africa with the water wells, what he's done for college kids. I mean, this guy, he's one of my favorite players of the last decade. And he has, what a interesting career arc that he's this number two overall pick that had his ups and downs with the Rams, and he wins titles with the Patriots and Eagles. I mean, this his last season, you know, they didn't get a title – but he, he went off on a high note. Eight sacks, 15 hits, 30 hurries, and 600 snaps. He was playing at a super high level, like late in his career, which you don't see too much. Also, you know, he was taken number two overall after the first overall pick was Jake Long. We will live 12 lifetimes before the one and two pick in the draft. Our last name, Long and Long. Long odds. Mm-hmm. Also nice. had some incredible comments about Bill Belichick and what he learned with New England, which ultimately probably helped him in Philadelphia. True. Uh, go check that out. Find him. It's easy to Google. I'm not going to go through it. it. It gave me some insight into Bill Belichick, too. Um, speaking of the, the fire pit night, uh, Nick, who despite the the cornhole back and forth, um, which got dicey at times and <laughs> heated, uh, is a great guy, and I had a great time with him uh, all weekend. He was at the fire pit. And he started to talk about the dynamic of the podcast, and he looked at it like a family. <laughs> and he said that I was like the daddy. Greg was like no, the this, mommy. This is Keisha's brother who had. Oh, it was Keisha's Cedric. brother, right. Cedric. Okay. Cedric, yeah. Still, everything about Nick that I said wiped Still that away. Still true. No, I did oh. not have a good time. <laughs> I really like that. But Cedric, Keisha's brother, in his head. another great guy, um, said that I was like the daddy. Greg was the mommy, which actually makes some sense. Then called Mark kind of like a child. But then he corrected himself and said that Wes was the real child, which and I wrote this down when it happened, which prompted Mark with daggers in his eyes to say, so that makes me the unreal child. <laughs> Cedric and Nick were like my two favorite people outside of that commentary. By they were, yeah. Uh-huh. He was well. He was saying you were kind of like the wild child that's off. Like the rebellious wild God. child sounds better than just oh he's the real child and you don't really have a childlike title. And I was the mom. I well, mean, really, like he said. What he bothered me said, was there was some. That was like you know what I got it. You know, there's something to this theory. This entire uh, theory here. Yeah. Yeah. It's it is for better or worse. It is a family unit. What does that make Connie? I don't know. An aunt. 
She's like, yeah. I'm an auntie, auntie or like the babysitter. That was like you whenever say aunt, I played I say house. Aunt. Auntie little box. You got you say aunt or aunt Wes? I say aunt. I think that's aunt. right. You're the super fun aunt who kind of flies in and like everyone's favorite. I'm the favorite. fun aunt. Yeah, yeah you I'm are. the cool. You're cool the, everyone's favorite because you only are here for like the good times. You're not going to be here during, you know, you just fly in, have mm. some fun, and then yep. you're out. You're cool aunt. Aunt I'll tiny leave. box, yeah. <laughs> aunt TV. ATV is Aunt box. Aunt or aunt, Erica? I say aunt. You do? Yeah, because one time I said aunt, Ouch. and my aunt was like, an ant is a little thing that crawls on the ground. I say aunt. That's like I a New like, England Whoa. thing, I think. Aunt. She, wow, she really fired back yeah. at you there. Yeah, scarred me. Uh, we got we to gotta keep moving here, guys, but I just want to say that uh, Lisa knows how important rest is to a better life. Lisa is the foundation of a healthier, happier you. All Lisa products have been thoughtfully designed to go beyond creating a comfortable bed and to transform your bedroom into a sanctuary mm. you want to spend time with. Uh, you know, Talk about that standard Lisa mattress. It's the most popular multi-layer foam mattress. It's made with premium foams for cooling, contouring, and pressure-relieving support. I have one. Gave it to my son. And my son loves me because of it. Is he, is he spending time in his sanctuary? Always. <laughs> Jack despised me before I got the Lisa mattress. Wouldn't even look me in the eyes. And now he says that I am the father figure he always wanted. That is quite the That's testimonial. Amazing. Thank you, Lisa. And by the way, Lisa donates one mattress for every 10 they sell through organ. Yeah, eat that, Chris Long. What's your mattress uh, charity game? Sell through organizations that work and causes <laughs> like foster for. care prevention. Like, don't say any. Don't joke about Chris Long. Don't say anything. Well, all right. I mean, that is a straw man of straw mans. That's go, <laughs> to date, yeah. they've donated more than thirty-two thousand mattresses uh, through more than one thousand nonprofits. I'm sure Chris Long has a sense of humor about himself. Do you think I he can't has help it if no one has a sense of humor about Chris Long? <laughs> Let me get through this ad. It's like God, he's really got off the rails. Chris Long doesn't deserve this. Hey, by the way, don't miss out. Live healthier, happier by resting deeper, or deep, deeper. Order today and get 15% off your purchase for a limited time at lisa.com slash around and use promo code around. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com slash around. Ooh, you did it. Finally in the news. Sorry, everybody. Personal apology for me. Finally in the news, um, Hayden Hurst, the Ravens tight end, um, he's asking for help to find the one that got away. Oh. One of those situations. I don't know, Mark, have you ever had a situation like this where you saw a woman that really is before, of course, Simone, that you saw her at a, a subway or, you know, at a library or at a tavern. And and all you could think about was, I can't let her get away. I don't even know her, mm. but I got to track her down and, and and see if there's anything there between us. Uh, did you ever have anything like that in your life? Be honest. Sure. But I would say that that anything attached to that vanished and was gone the minute I was happened. married. There's the minute I was married, did any of those concepts, they all... You seem like a man. Have you ever spent any time on the misconnections? I was going to say that, Greg. Craig. Oh misconnections on Craigslist okay. is like, well, they've wiped out so much of Craigslist, I mean, but misconnections is yeah. one of the great reads out there when you're trying to kill some time. And it, because we're all probably truly egotists to some level, you read those and you think, this might be aimed at me. <laughs> it might be the thing that they're talking about where we looked at each other through a subway, even though I'm not even sure I was in that part of the city. That is a disturbing aspect to that. 
So here's the Hayden Hurst story. The tight end for the Ravens, um, after failing to connect on a recent flight to Baltimore, Hurst tweeted a note, this from the New York Post, to a, quote, gorgeous mystery woman. Uh, here was the tweet. To the gorgeous tall brunette on my flight to Baltimore, you walk incredibly fast and I couldn't catch up, but here's hoping you have a Twitter. Hashtag the one that got away. Prayer hands. As of this podcast, we do not have a love connection. I know what he needs. What does he need? A little Frank Signetti. Frank Signetti, private eye. That's a great idea, but isn't that once this (laughs) quote-unquote gorgeous tall brunette if she found out a, a PI was searching for her, that would you would be a little freaked out if you if a guy did that, right? That's a bad PI though. Like you're not supposed mm. to find out. That's a tough case. Woman Private. with brown right. hair. I, I would walk very area. fast, like she could have been trying to walk away. <laughs> I would submit that if she's truly a gorgeous tall brunette, this connection might not be as special as Hayden Hurst thinks it is. Mm. She probably had at least you know dozens of men who think they shared a special moment with mm. a gorgeous person. That's true. Sorry, you never hear a guy like a pro tight end be like, ah, I saw it, you know, a four foot nine, had a mole on the face, you know, a little overweight. A like little mousy. But I could tell by her energy she was glowing that we need to hook up. Uh, and finally, in the news, Tyron uh, Matthew, the Mole's taking safety. a shot in a big spot. <laughs> big spot. I always do, though. Uh, Honey Badger was the victim of a $5 million extortion attempt by a family member, according to federal court documents. Uh, the person, tough name. Jorvan Sears, I believe. I mean, is. you don't need the Jorvan. A distant relative, distant cousin. 21 years old is accused of threatening to reveal personal information about Matthew, according to the documents from the district court uh, in Louisiana. Sears allegedly ordered Honey Badger in April to put one and a half million in his bank account within a week before upping the demand to five million. Sears allegedly t- said he would contact TMZ if he did not receive the money. He also uh, allegedly sent a text message to friends of Honey Badger that said, I want one and a half million by Friday or I'm going to kill all you all. Oh. Uh, he also said uh, that Matthew's agent to uh, he also told Matthew's agent that he planned to make a sexual misconduct allegation against Honey Badger and um, very wise of the Honey Badger that he went straight to the authorities with this and Got ahead. That's how you got to get ahead of a situation like that because that is mm. scary stuff. Ending on a light note here. Yeah. Whew. I mean, it does. It's a. It's like the most extreme example possible of like some of the things that you hear that athletes have to go through with family with members families, yeah. and friends, like coming out of the woodwork. It's like, I don't know. That seems like yeah. I mean, about if, the worst uh, case scenario. I mean, I think that he also left a voicemail threatening to. I mean, it's a lot of evidence too that, the, that they're leaving. Yeah, not the brightest. Uh, TMZ. It's a bad plot. TMZ Sports reported 21 hours ago that Honey Badger proposed to a longtime girlfriend with epic $250,000 ring. There you go. Now it ends oh. on a, a happy note. News. That's great. Like Congrats. That. Good job. She say yes. Badger. She say yes. Uh, looks like it. Long-time girlfriend, mm. also a former New Orleans Pelicans dancer. Really? Hello, How do you Larry. know that information NBA. off the top of your head? Because uh, I was looking at this story and saw the same thing uh, mm. that that uh, Eric, just were Eric very well And they've been together for six years, girlfriend. so it, she's she's been right. all around the NBA. That's great. Different dancers. <laughs> all right, now it is time. Ah! That's what's happening in the news uh, or the main portion of the news. Uh, but with Colleen here, it's perfect because we have more to hit. So oh, great. how about, Connie, a little bit 
of Odds and Ends. Hit it. Odds and Ends. Odds and Ends. Hey, everybody. Tell your friends. It's Odds and Ends. Shoot, that was too early. Well, that was close, though. <laughs> Very close. That's the closest I think you've ever gotten. Hit the music, Ricky <laughs> Hollywood. <that> <laughs> Jerry Hughes got a two-year contract and extension, uh, $23 million through 2021 from the Buffalo Bills. Greg, you're excited. They won that trade. Kelvin Shepard for Jerry Hughes back in 2013. Give Doug Whaley Ow! his due. Mark, Bills tight end Tyler Croft suffered a broken foot during the team's uh, organized team activities Monday. Required surgery. Three to four month recovery pushes them up against week one. Bummer. Their other tight end, Jason Kroom, also hurt during OTAs. Why are we even doing OTAs? A lot of pressure on Dawson Knox, third rounder, to step up if they cannot get back on the wow. field. Wow. Wow, that what was pretty good. Andrew Luck suffered a calf injury. Uh, the Colts say it's minor. He'll be reevaluated next week. Colleen, what do you do? Just put him on IR to be safe? Yeah, just do it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Nick Bosa also hurt his hamstring. That's going to be reevaluated. And Matt Breida of the Niners also has a partially torn pec. Keep an eye on those. Bobby Wagner will attend OTAs, but he won't practice because he wants a new deal, Wes. Give him that money, right? Come on. He wants to be the highest paid linebacker in the league, and he should be. Uh, Ravens signed Shane Ray and Michael Floyd. Uh, Greg, Michael Crabtree's like, come on, I could have done better than Michael Floyd. <laughs> Michael Floyd's back in the show. I think we said we were done with Michael Floyd, <laughs> but he's getting tagged on to Shane Ray. And Scott Pioli resigned from the Falcons front office. Maybe to the Jets. Maybe to the Pats. Ooh. He wants another job. Nicely done. That was a good one. Very good. I can't believe we didn't get to the Game of Thrones ending. Do you have something to say? Do you have something? uh, I. Can I just say before you do this, can we please not let this devolve into 10 minutes of Game of Thrones talk from a show where almost none of us watch the show? (laughs) I I feel like I've had to be a voice for the people that really do listen and watch that show. That's fine. Okay? Because I feel like they have not been well represented on this show. On Fox. I think the ending of that show (laughs) was complete shit. Oh. I agree 100% with Aaron Rodgers. Bran did nothing to deserve to become king. Why wouldn't you give it to Jon Snow? His watch already ended. He saved the world, spoiler and alert. he's the rightful owner to... Yeah, spoiler alert. We should let people know about no, that. they had please, enough time. Please. He should be. He's the rightful heir to the throne. So, whatever. What? He has to go back to the wall? That sucks. It was. It's too big to <laughs> fail. They threw so much money at this show. That was passion. They threw so much money at these final this final season and the cinematography and spectacle can be breathtaking on the show, but they leaned way too heavily on it in the last season. And the writing was atrocious. Mm -hmm. I hated it. Bran was a boring character the whole time. Did not deserve this. It just left a lot of people wanting more. Bran the broken. That's who your king is going to be. By the way, those two writers now attached to a star Wars trilogy. Awesome. What could go wrong? Mm. Okay. So that's it. Hmm. That's all. David Benioff wrote a great you novel. Feel better? Yeah, I did. City I of Thieves. Like he's a he's quite a writer. Maybe he what should a, have spent less time with novels. City of Leaves and the new Le- Star Leaves. Wars show that he's currently penning well, instead of working on Game of Thrones. <laughs> it was published ten years ago. I'm working on a, a novel called City of Leaves. It's <laughs> gonna be very engrossing. Uh, all right. That's it. Good catch up show. Again, Chris, congratulations to you and yeah. your wonderful wife. Congrats, Lakeisha. What a what a beautiful bride. Thank you. Oh, that dress. Hey, now. Mm. You did it, Wes. I am blessed. And now you get your nice honeymoon next week, and then it's over. Then you got a lot of work to do. Now, a lot of rewarding work, but the train keeps rolling. You know, th- now you got the wedding out of the way. 
I think your June, June, June prediction was pretty June, June, pretty June, much June, on June, point. June, 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 June. For new listeners, that was, uh, what was it, the engagement, the wedding, and um, then a child is your was your prediction? Then a child again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, four straight Junes. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> two for two. Wow. Uh, all right, so yes, that's great. Um, I am, speaking of uh, dream vacations, I am uh, loading up the family SUV and heading to Legoland tomorrow. Oh, uh, yes. Yes, my, my son Jack has successfully uh, pooped in the potty 20 straight times without an accident. And <laughs> Wait, because what? of that, um, because of that, he is being rewarded with this trip. And uh, that's how you parent, Wes. Mm. Come to me. When carrot I and stick. Uh, carrot and stick. Hey, what about there. me? Where's my trip? <laughs> <laughs> well, you had I've been a, pooping had... in that potty for years. Well, You're the mom. Don't forget. Well, Sunday Mark, after the Mark wedding. Mark can go to Legoland. Yes, yeah, I'll go with you. <laughs> um, uh, so I won't be in on Friday, but uh, I believe Steve Weish will be stepping in uh, to the Zeuser. Zeus's chair. So, uh, Connie, thank you for joining us this week. Thanks for having me, gang. We can't be having you around too much longer. I imagine the summer of uh, Tiny Box is about to kick off. Uh, it's, it, it has already kicked off. I'm in the middle of it. Good. Right now. But you're going to start traveling the world with Gonzo. I July. Yeah, yeah. After the NBA season. All right. Good. Good show. Let's go. Dan Hansa signing off for Quiet Storm. The mailman. The married man. Connie Fox, (laughs) the old boss of Ricky Hollywood behind the glass. Till Friday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.